I'm Kevin Jones. And I'm Chris Moore. And we've started the homos on Haunted Hill so that we can throw a party. A horror film party. <laughs> It'll be quite amusing. There'll be madmen and chainsaws and ghosts and perhaps even a few murders. You're all invited. Oh, well, here we are. <laughs> We're still here. We're still know. here. In uh, week two of October, we got our glasses of Chardonnay. and uh, Today. Today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, it is, it is week two of Halloween Tricks and Treats Month. Mm-hmm. And we have a treat for you all today. We sure do. And if you think mm-hmm. it's a trick in- instead of a treat, well, you just need to sign off right now because you're not you going like uh, to like what have to say. Fuck the hell off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because this, thank, this thank, is one of those you. movies. <laughs> I was trying to be classier, but you know what? Go fuck yourself. You know what? You know what? Not not today, Satan. Not today. No. Yeah, it is. This is one of the finest sequels of all time. I'm, I'm just going to say it. I think it is. It's great. And I wish people would stop trying to erase it from his history just because there's a new, shinier version of the exact same story. And mm-hmm. that's not as good. That's not as good. We said it. We said it. You know? We got all the hot takes this month, right? We, we do. We're saying uh, Halloween t- 2, Rob Zombies, is uh, kind of good, and now we're saying that uh, this is better than 2018, you know? It's... We have lost tens of listeners. We, yeah, well. <laughs> because we were, you know, uh, mere, I don't know, nine, ten-year-olds back in that day, but this was still a big event when it came out, and I remember oh, it, and it I know you do. You, you saw this in theaters, right? I did. I saw it opening day, August 5th, 1998. Mm-hmm. Still remember the date. I think it was actually on a Wednesday. It was like one of those weird <laughs> things where it's like, we're going to release this on a Wednesday because it's a special I believe event. it was a Wednesday. Yeah. It was a Wednesday. I think it was. I remember it so vividly. And I went with my mom. It was the first R-rated movie I e- ever saw in the theater. And it was like the one o'clock showtime, I think. And it was like packed. It was totally packed. And mm. it was the most electric experience I've ever had in a theater in my life. Literally, p- people were screaming and cl- clapping and hollering. And this was a matinee, okay? I don't recall that crowd being as enthusiastic it, at any other Halloween film, including the newest <laughs> one. So I'm saying mm-hmm, there has to be mm-hmm. some kind of magic in this movie to get that kind of response. Yeah, I mean, these late 90s movies, they were designed to be crowd pleasers to a large degree. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're fun, uh, they're exciting, they keep you invested, they're like referencing other films that you already love, and this one does all those things. And uh, you can, you know, definitely feel the Scream influence, but it also has its own sort of, you know, uh, feeling as well. And mm-hmm. uh, I really, I love that about this. And I, I just, I love this era, and it's it was, I think... We could use a little more levity today in yeah. horror and the world in general, but um, we'll see, you know? We've talked about this before on the show, how y- you get these sort of responses all the time. You know, we get, we get for, for several years, we'll get horror that's more geared toward the kids, and then it comes back mm-hmm. to the adults with a more kind of mature slow burn stuff, and then it goes back to the kids. So mm-hmm. it'll, it'll be interesting to see, like, where we move over the next couple of years. Well, before we get into too deep here... Let's get into our topic of the week. What could it be today? It's a surprise. So uh, let's go up to the Wheel of Misfortune. So hold your breath, because (gasps) this could be a doozy. We never know. We never know. 
Okay. Okay. So, the topic of the week is Halloween TV episode recommendations. This is a big one because we could do a whole episode on this, you know? There's oh, of so many good kind of uh, either horror-themed or just spooky episodes of anthology shows or, uh, like, s- special episodes of, you know, sitcoms and mm-hmm. um, dramas. You know, there's just so many options here. Uh, mm-hmm. So I tried to narrow some down. Did you have a fairly small list here? Oh, yeah, yeah. There's not okay. that many for me, no. Okay, cool. Um, do you want to start with one? Sure, yeah. I okay. would go with, if you have children, I always liked one from a, a show called Under the Umbrella Tree. Does anyone remember mm-hmm. this weird show? It was mm-hmm. on like Sounds the Disney familiar. Channel yeah. back in the day. And they mm-hmm. had a Halloween episode, and there's a great little song, and I need to post a clip because it's it's really good, where it's like something like, uh, like things are creepy on Halloween, and there's like a song. It's really fun. I like songs nice. for my Halloween. Yeah, so, uh, definitely helps. <laughs> so, yeah, that's my first one. It's really stupid, but <laughs> like Okay, it. cool. Yeah, hey, hey, whatever brings you the joy, that's what we're looking for here, right? It does right? bring yeah. me joy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did some kind of double features here. Um, so, like, X-Files, I got two here that are standalone episodes, and you don't need to know anything about the show, which is always nice. And they're both really fun, and they don't have anything to do with aliens, which is interesting, because the show, I think, is often uh, typecast as this really serious show about alien abductions. But there's actually a lot of really fun, campy episodes. So the two I got, there's one called Syzygy. Uh, this is where Mulder and Scully, they go to investigate um, these bizarre deaths in this small town. And they find out they're linked to, like, astrological phenomena. So it's like a bloody birthday, kind of. Ooh. And uh, there's these two teenage girls who, for whatever reason, are basically Carrie. And they have these telekinetic powers and are just causing havoc. And apparently there's some satanic cults involved in what they're doing. And Ryan Reynolds is in the episode as, like, a baby Ryan Reynolds. What? And it's just, it's fucking nuts. And, I'm um, sold. I I love it. It's it, like I said, it's a great standalone episode. You don't have to know anything about it. It's very campy. It's great. And then the other one is called the Postmodern Prometheus, and this is where they go and uh, investigate this modern day Frankenstein type creature. And the whole thing is in black and white and filmed to be, of course, like James Wales Frankenstein. And um, but the bizarre twist is that the whole episode is scored with share songs for whatever uh, reason, and it's fucking what? crazy. <laughs> and it ends with them going to a share concert, and it's just it's so fucking weird. So I, I recommend both of these just because they're so insane and not what I think people expect from X Files. So, so uh, she was just like, I really want to be on your show. Can you find a way? To like- <laughs> Pretty much, I think they were just promoting like her album or something. You know, at, at the time, it's. It's Do fucking you nuts. believe in aliens and shit? Oh, <laughs> you have to, you have to shit. <laughs> oh gosh, that's yeah. a good one. Uh, my next one is from Tales from the Crypt. Y'all know how much I love mm-hmm. Tales from the Crypt. This mm-hmm, one, I think, mm-hmm. I think it does take place at an actual Halloween party. I think, or it's just like a costume party. So I'm just gonna say that it mm-hmm. is. Um, it's yeah. called Only Skin Deep, and What's it's this about. One about again? It is about this sort of womanizing, abusive piece of shit, and he goes to this costume party and meets this girl who has on a mask, and they go back to her place, which is like this creepy kind of like warehouse apartment, and at the end you discover that her mask will not come off because it's actually her face. And she likes to get people and slice off their faces so that she can, I guess, like wear them or something. It's okay, really creepy. Yeah, it's I really vaguely remember creepy. this one now. Yeah, it's directed by William Malone from House on Haunted mm-hmm. Hill remakes and uh, 
fear.com and stuff. And so fear.com. Of course, it <laughs> looks distinguished. amazing. Yeah, yeah, yes, that's cool. distinguished classic. And uh, <laughs> But it, it has a great visual style, and it's really creepy. I think it's it's usually talk, talked about as being one of the creepiest episodes of the series. Because, you know, most of the episodes are a little bit more campy and fun. Yeah, yeah. And this one is too, but there is a really sort of creepy vibe. And I always really like to watch it around this time. Cool. Yeah, that vaguely brings up some vague memories, so I'm going to mm-hmm. dig that one up again. Cole, what season is that? Do you remember? I think it's season six. It's it's okay, right well, be- one of the be- later ones. Be- okay. before they moved to the UK. I think that was season seven. Okay. Where, cool. like, everything was, for some reason, shot in London. I don't know what that was about. Yeah. It's weird. Huh. It's like, now we're cool. a British TV, TV show. <laughs> <laughs> we're Downton Abbey. Like, what the <laughs> <Yeah>. fuck? Like... <laughs> I got two from Boy Meets World. Uh, these are kind of special, spooky episodes that have nothing to do with the series, again, which is nice. One is called The Witches of Penbrook from season five, and this is where Jack, one of the characters, starts dating an odd girl named Millie, who is played by Candace Cameron from, of course, Full House. And his roommate becomes very suspicious that she is a witch. And this this witch is really interested in them and their apartment for whatever reason, and they don't know why. And she has this whole coven of witches, and it ends with them like trying to invoke some satanic power. And uh, what? Just, it, it's fucking crazy. And the end of the episode includes a cameo by Melissa Joan Hart from Sabrina. So that's well, fantastic. shit. I'm so surprised Candace Cameron allowed herself to be to be seen as this. A satanic witch. I think she's. Like I a, know she's like a fundy now, right? She's all like. I think so. Yeah. So she was Jesus kind of playing against stuff. her image there. Yeah. yeah. Good for yeah. you, girl. Yeah. Good. <laughs> and then the other one is from the same season, and this one is usually called a Halloween episode, but it's not because it, it aired in the spring. But it's um. And then there was Sean, and this is a parody of Scream and '90s teen horror films, which is really fun. And it has the gang all locked inside of a school while they're terrorized by a shrouded killer. And we also oh. get a guest appearance by Jennifer Love Hewitt what? as this character named Feffy. And it's just, Feffy. it's really silly. Yeah, Feffy. <laughs> and her oh, name is Jennifer funny. Love Pfefferman. <laughs> That's why. What in the hell? <laughs> it's great, though. It's like probably my favorite Halloween uh, TV episode, even though, again, it wasn't really intended to be that, but it plays really well. It's really good. And it's just a fantastic. Um, parody of that era it's great well my next one is from tales from the dark side i clearly have a thing for anthology shows i figured uh, you would handle the anthology so yeah yeah. and this is uh this i think it was this this was the pilot episode i think it's it's called trick or treats essentially it's basically like the same plot as the the final story in the movie trick or treat because it's like Mm -hmm. this crotchety old dude who's like screw halloween i hate kids and stuff and there's a knock on the on the door and it's someone dressed up as like a witch and and he's like go away but then it it turns out that the witch is actually like a real witch and she like just makes life hell for this guy and it's really fun nice so it's the pilot episode i believe it is a season one i believe it's the okay cool yeah first one I've seen just, like, random episodes of Tales from the Dark Side. At some time, I want to sit down and just actually binge it, but yeah. Okay, got uh, two quick ones from Supernatural. Um, Monster Movie, this is from Season 4. This is another one that's shot entirely in black and white, and it has the two brothers are investigating murders at an Oktoberfest thing, and they discover that this shapeshifter demon is terrorizing the town, and he's dressed as, and he can change forms to, to look like Dracula or the Wolfman or the Mummy or whatever, so it's got a lot of Monster Mash kind of vibes there. 
And then the other one is Mint Condition from season 14, so 10 years later because the show has been on the air for fucking ever. This one has the two brothers investigating this <clears throat> giant, uh, like, action figure, or I guess mannequin at this comic book store that is of this kind of Jason Voorhees-esque guy. I can't remember what his name is, like Hatchet Man or something. And uh, it the, the actual... Uh, mannequin gets possessed by a ghost I guess and it starts like coming to life and killing people and it's nuts and half the episode takes place in a hospital so it kind of has this um, Halloween 2 vibe to it it's just it's a lot of fun and there's a movie within a movie because uh, you get these random scenes that they shot from this movie called All Saints Day <laughs> and uh, it's just great it's really fun and um, good time it, it, it sort of a homage to slashers from the 80s so good time love that my next one is and this is my this is my last one so um, okay cool uh there's an episode in season eight of the facts of life called seven little indians and it is a sort of a a, a kind of a spoof of like horror films and stuff and it's just really really fun and really stupid and i saw it when i was a kid and i actually thought it was terrifying Rewatching it re- recently i was <laughs> Not quite as terrifying, but not so uh, terrifying. <laughs> but at the, at the time, it was ter- terrifying because there's a there's a there's a scene where Blair pops out and she has like this crazy hair, like she's like she's like she's just been electrocuted, and that used to freak me out. So, but it's it's really fun. So check it out. Oh yeah. Oh, you know, speaking of. Uh, series that George Clooney was in. All the Roseanne episode, uh, uh, Halloween episodes are fantastic. Oh, yeah, I didn't absolutely. list them, but they're you yeah. got to watch all, all those. They're That's great. just kind yeah. of a given. Like you, yeah, <laughs> like all like of those are seen, always great. <laughs> if you haven't seen those, go track it down. There's a DVD that has them all on it. If you can find that, or right. it's streaming on Amazon. I think they're all fantastic. It's great. Yes. Okay, I'll make this one my last one then too. And of course, I got two from Buffy. One is um, Halloween from season two, and this is where Buffy and her friends go out and uh, take some kids trick-or-treating and suddenly the costumes they're wearing actually make them turn into whatever costume they're wearing so every the whole town just goes fucking crazy because you know you have people dressed up as werewolves and shit and one of the characters is an army guy so he's like trying to lead them through and get them through the whole night without dying and it's, it's just a lot of fun and then the other one is fear itself from season four and this is another halloween episode buffy and her friends go to this haunted frat house at a college and also the frat house that they use is the same house from american horror story murder house so oh. that's fun when they get in there something happens and uh something happens that's a great description here right <laughs> it, 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 uh, it all their fears essentially become um materialized and they have to fight against them and uh it's it's just it's a lot of fun fantastic costumes and um good time both of the halloween episodes are great standalone fun the nice thing about shows like kind of x-files and supernatural and buffy and stuff is that there's a lot of standalone episodes where you don't really need to know much about it so it's almost right. like anthology in that sense like the only oh, thing good. that really stays the same is the like main characters essentially so that's a good time that first one you described reminded me i have to say the haunted mm-hmm. mask from goosebumps yes yes that is a it perfect is. episode for halloween mm-hmm. time because it actually does take place on halloween and it's just yeah. fantastic i think the haunted mm-hmm. mask 2 is pretty good too so it I is i believe is. goosebumps is on netflix now so go and check, check it, it out, out yeah, everybody for sure it's really fun it's, perfect, it's, yeah. it's it's not just for kids it's actually quite fun at times so yeah it is give it, it is. a go cool 
Cool. Well, that is the end of that segment. And now we go into, of course, Halloween H2O. Thank you. Mr. Sinai. What a great opening to a film. I mean, it, it really is. is a great opening right from the start. You just know the kind of tone, the kind of mood. It is a fantastic opening. And, of course, we get... Um, Marion Chambers, Nancy Stevens mm-hmm. back from the she's first two back, films. She's still chain fantastic. smoking like crazy. I'm shocked mm-hmm. that she's still alive since that's all she <laughs> yeah. seemed to do in the first two movies was just smoke. Yeah. Still going strong. And she's coming mm-hmm. back for Halloween Kills as well, which is kind of cool. Oh, fantastic. So, nice. um, so yeah, she's just, she's a very memorable character, you know, because she's kind of sassy. She just does, she doesn't take any shit, you know. No. Especially from Joseph Gordon Levitt, that little fucker <laughs> with his hockey stick and beanie on his head. He's <laughs> oh my god! Watching this He's movie, so is like, okay, I'm like, oh, this came out like two years ago, right? No, this was 22 no, fucking is, years ago. Look at this baby, 90s. Joseph Gordon Levitt. Oh, and his friend is that guy from Never Been Kissed. <laughs> That's right. Oh wow! What a time. Yeah. So I mean, Nancy Stevens has returned, and she's playing. Marion, who comes back home and discovers that someone's broken into her house. And she's like, uh-oh, because mm-hmm. it's around Halloween time. And I'm sure she gets a little nervous or, or around that time every year because of what happened in the first two films, you know? Oh, right. Yeah. And so she she gets these two kind of doofus teenage boys next door to, like, go in and see if everything's okay. And... Mm-hmm. It turns out that, like, everything seems to be fine except, like, her office was ransacked and all of her files have been looked into. And she's like, why Why would they do that? So they they go back to their house after sneaking some uh, alcoholic beverages from her fridge because mm-hmm. they're bad boys. And Marion goes in and discovers that the file on Laurie Strode has been stolen and she has a pretty good idea who might have done it and it's michael myers who according (laughs) to this timeline i'm assuming has just been like camping out somewhere for the past 20 years because you know that's the question yeah that's where was he million dollar question here um what's he been doing for 20 years you know yeah because uh, this this film only follows Halloween's one and two, so at the end of that, he was apparently burnt in the explosion in the hospital, and I yeah. guess they never found his body. So I guess he walked away and has been. I don't I don't know where he's been. Like they never explain it. It's a question. Yeah, I guess we should give some background here too, really quick here. So of course, the screenplay for H two O was based on this script treatment by Kevin Williamson. Of course, it was written after Part Six, just really. Was not successful, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, it, and um, his original treatment actually kept Halloween 4 through 6 as being canon. And that would have established that Laurie had faked her death at some point previously. And uh, apparently John Carpenter had signed on to direct the film. But he demanded a three-picture deal with Dimension Films. And the shitty Weinsteins were like, nope. So he pulled out of that, which you can blame him. Really? Uh, then they sure. brought in Steve Miner, of course, who directed Friday the 13th Part 2 through 3 and House and Warlock and later Lake Placid. He's got the cred. And the screenplay was written ostensibly by Robert Zappia and Matt Greenberg, but Kevin Williamson was doing a lot of uncredited rewrites behind the scenes. And then we got Jamie Lee Curtis, of course, came back and she really fought for the writers to kill off Michael Myers at the end. Mm-hmm. But I guess there was some legal ca- clause where they actually couldn't yeah. do that. And... Um, 
Yeah, she yeah, almost she left production as a result. Pretty pissed about that. Mm-hmm. She was pretty mad because I think there's yeah. a there's a clause. Weirdly enough, it it wasn't the Weinstein's. It was Mustafa Akkad who right, said right. we can never kill him off. He can look like he's dead, but he, we can't actually show him being killed. We always have to have a backup pl- plan for the next one. Yes. So apparently Mm -hmm. she agreed to sign on if they made it look like she thought he was actually dead. So she thinks she's killed him at at the end. So she said, "Okay, if she believes that she's killed him, I'll sign on. Yeah. (laughs) As an audience member, like you can choose to believe that, too. You know, if you you don't want to accept resurrection as canon, like you don't have to because there's so many timelines in this series. that, like, you know, if you don't want to like believe it, maybe resurrection is just a sub sub timeline. You know, who knows? Um, I want to say it's a bad dream that she has after this. I think so. Because I think there's no other explanation for some of that shit. (laughs) Oh, man. I had this dream, we'll and I had on an, another really bad wig, and, and then Buster <laughs> Rhymes was there, and Tyra Banks. Tyra I, should, I should not watch America's Next Top Model before going to sleep. Uh, oh, man, she was smizing at me the whole time. It was so strange. I <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So they came up with the uh, sort of a compromise, like you said, where it would look like Michael Myers is dead at least. And right. um, and then there's some other stuff that went on behind the scenes, you know, with the music score, which is always a little dubious about the details there. Oh, but I guess yeah. the Weinsteins again were like, we want to make it more like Scream, so let's pull some music cues they from Scream and Scream literally and mimic the music from Scream. <laughs> I'm like, literally, what? yeah. I guess I can kind of understand why they wanted the score to sound like that. Um, but yeah, I would be interested to see sometimes like a full breakdown of like what pieces from where and everything else because uh, I haven't from, done that yet. But from what I've been told, I think they did a test screening with all of John Ottman's cues, and then they mm-hmm. did one with a mix of his and Beltrami's cues, and that one tested better. So they assumed, well, gotcha. I guess we do need to use this. And I've heard all of Ottman's score, and some of it is absolutely fantastic, and some cues deserved to be kept in the film and then there are some that are really fucking weird like it's like almost like a weird like tim burton movie kind of score like it's Mm -hmm. very like whimsical and it really wouldn't it it just wouldn't have worked i don't think yeah it's so in some ways i kind of understand the changing of the score a bit but Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. But that main yeah, theme, know. though, that thing is fucking awesome. I'm sorry. That thing is And they pick some great badass. places for it here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, not much else. You know, of course, the critics were mixed, um, but they praised Jamie Lee. And um, fascinatingly, a, a couple of the critics I found were, like, talking about how the, the film didn't have enough jokes. Which just, again, goes what? to show you, like, what a weird time for horror this was, right? Where the, everything was expected to be so quippy and lighthearted and everything. <laughs> this horror Dude. film isn't funny enough. Like, I know. What? Fuck y'all. Yeah. Like, what the hell? Because this is probably one of the more serious, a little bit, you know, more serious than, like, The Faculty and Scream. There's not as many just quippy one-liners anyway. There's some, though. There's yeah, still I, definitely I in there. I think, from what I've gathered over the over the years, the people that seem mm-hmm. to like this one are kind of an uh, interesting group. Because the the ones that don't are, are, like, it feels like it's just a drama, and it's like a Lifetime movie. And I'm like, but that can be good too. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, what's, what's wrong with that? I mean, I'm like, how about we actually explore a character every now and then like they do with Laurie here. Like I actually like this take. No, I do too. I prefer it 
to 2018. I think we both do, you know? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, she's got a nice little family arc here and Mm -hmm. uh, the situation with the complicated relationship with her son, of course, and um, of course played by Josh Hartnett. Yes, and his bangs, (laughs) the real star of the show. (laughs) I think both of these were shot, I think the faculty and this were shot back to back, so he didn't have time for a haircut and it's obvious. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. And then in The Virgin Suicide, he must be wearing a wig or something because he has longer hair or or maybe just grew it out really fast. I don't know, but it's it's, it's crazy. Yeah, so back to the movie here. Like we said, we got that great opening scene and he gets scene. the files um, and, and then we then cut to of course Summer Glenn Marion and the two oh right kids. Oh, yes we can't forget that yes, kills yes. Them <laughs> with, and uh, the ice skate to the face yes and steals her car and just uh, leaves completely undetected as he sets off to California to find uh-huh. Carrie Tate aka Laurie Strode mm-hmm California here, here we, we come. come right back where we started <laughs> where from, we started from. California. <laughs> yeah, Lori has faked her death, and now she's living under the assumed name Carrie Tate, like you said. And um, which is a she's great got a thriving name, career. It's great. It's great. great name. She's got a thriving career as a headmistress of mm-hmm. Hillcrest Academy, mm-hmm. or I should say Hillcrest Academy, the private boarding school for the rich. And I don't and know. Apparently, all white because I don't see any. <laughs> any other kids there that are yeah of any other ethnicity I, well uh, there yeah. is ll cool j but he's there is the LL guard, cool j. So i don't know if that counts yeah but. yeah i i like that ll cool j character in this i do too he's, you know um, that's the thing he's actually very char- charming in this he's very mm-hmm. very funny and right th- that's why i don't get that that people were like there's not enough jokes because i love the the relationship he has with his wife that we never see we just hear her yes, on, on the phone, on the phone. and yeah, she's yeah. fucking amazing like she's the uh-huh. star of the film <laughs> next to jamie lee right because she's because he's he's trying to write these like romance novels and he's reading her <laughs> these passages and she's and she's just like that sounds like shit like you need to do yeah. something else it's like i don't buy it and it's so great like it's, it's this really great, yeah. cute relationship that he has with yeah. his wife, and it's it's just you don't get that in a, a lot of movies. No, he's a security guard, but you know yeah. he's also an aspiring he's a screenwriter. Yeah, that's what makes this. That's what I really like about this movie is that every character has a little beat or something you yeah. know about them, and that's that's really nice. And um, yeah, yeah, and of he course, this... like uh, he kind of gets a little arc at the end where he's he's, yeah he does he's like you know what this romance thing's not working i'm gonna write a thriller and she's so excited Mm -hmm. she's like Mm -hmm. oh i love you rodney thank you i love that idea it's It's great great. and of course this was the the era for r&b singers in these movies right you know usher and the faculty and she's all Mm -hmm. that and busta rhymes and resurrection and yeah what else um Redmond in Brand- Chucky Brandy and I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Bra- yeah, yeah, you that know? counts, yeah. yeah and, uh, I mean, they were always uh, in these. They're all over the place. Uh, Coolio was in Batman and Robin. That's one of my favorites. And, Does um, Snoop Dogg count in the movie Bones, which I've been I dying to rewatch. Counts. I've only seen yeah, I it once, and I, I need to rewatch it. Oh, man. yeah, It was a very in- in- interesting time. And yeah. Laurie is uh, a bit of a pill-popping alcoholic now. She's kind of she's some haunted, problems. you know. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it it seems yeah. like her ex husband has some similar problems as well, and they have broken up, and the relationship is not is not good. We never actually see him, but from the interactions with her son, we can tell that you know it's not it didn't really end particularly well. 
Yeah, I believe she describes him as an abusive, chain-smoking methadone, methadone addict. addict. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I, I know Sounds him. like a real winner. Yeah. yeah. And it's just great. And, and what I find fascinating is that, so this movie, unlike 2008-18, keeps them as, keeps Laurie and Michael as brother and sister, and also has mm-hmm. the ev- events of Hall- Halloween 2 on top of Halloween 1, and the yep. fact that he was never really killed because he disappeared and they never found the body. So right. Laurie's actually keeping it together fairly well, <laughs> all things considered. Whereas 2018, Laurie is a complete mess and she really has no reason to be because it's like it happened one night. You're not related to him and they captured him and he's in an asylum. So the odds of him coming after you or even knowing who the fuck you are are very slim. So what's your problem, girl? Like, right. That was the thing. When they first announced Halloween 2018, everyone was like, oh, great. They're not going to be brother and sister anymore. I didn't yeah. like that. But then you go see the movie and it's like, there's no reason for this character yeah. to, to care about her anymore. You know, exactly. It's, it's no, he, just, he has no motivation to go after her. Exactly. Like, if they had found some re- reasoning for them to actually reunite, even if it's just like a weird Halloween coincidence, I would have been happier with the film. Yeah, she's some, like, shell-shocked bipolar commando yeah. with, like, an annual subscription to Guns and Ammo magazine. <laughs> like, <It's>, what? <laughs> and she's like that from the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Like, she has no layers. There's like, you no don't art. learn anything yeah. about her. You it's learn anything. Other than the fact she has a daughter, but that's yeah. about it, and a granddaughter, but... That's all you get. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we so get you so can tell that here. this was clearly conceived by a gay man because he's like yes. strong female characters. That's what I want. And he, mm-hmm, so he just makes mm-hmm. this sort of love letter to Laurie Strode. And that's what I love about this is that it shows yeah. her her strength, but also her vulnerability and, and, and how she tries to keep it together. And sometimes she's successful and sometimes she's not and that's what's fascinating to watch yeah she's had 20 years of therapy by mm-hmm. this point so that's the person we're seeing like i think gotta remember that yep. folks like this is not like one year after the events like no. she's been through a lot and it's taken yeah. her a lot of work to get where she is right now yeah. and really build herself back up and that's why it's so hard for her to let people in like her mm-hmm. boyfriend which a a it's great that she has a boyfriend that's, that's awesome and he's um, so supportive boy too he's like the mm-hmm. most supportive boyfriend ever he's like yeah when you yeah. want to talk about it we'll talk about it you know mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah he's, he's a guidance counselor at the school yeah. which is a nice little touch yeah adam arkin who is mm-hmm. of course the son of alan arkin and, oh, um, and he is a silver fox in this oh he Lord. is mm-hmm. like, damn daddy. he's a looker Oof. He's a looker. Tell me the news, Anderson Cooper. <laughs> um, I just came up with that right now. Thank you. <laughs> He's got jokes, folks. <laughs> I got him. I got, I got something. He's got a trunk full of them. We'll be here all night. <laughs> Hang on tight. <laughs> yeah. Although, How, you know, I uh, think. Yeah. yeah what? What? <laughs> uh, I was going to say, I think that uh, workplace romances are usually discouraged a little bit, but whatever. You know, she, she's the headmistress, so she can do whatever the fuck she wants. But they're keeping it on the DL, you know? <laughs> yeah. Although I do believe her secretary, played by her own mother, Janet Lee, uh, seems to know something going on. Because <sighs> when, 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 when they go to her office and they're, like, making out and stuff, and then... When he when he leaves, she's just like standing there staring like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> I love that character. She's so, so much. great. It's oh, such a great man. role for her. I'm so glad they brought they brought her in 
it's just so yeah. cute and she's so, so sweet in this and oh i love her yeah the whole movie is layered well not the whole movie but like uh, several moments are layered with little psycho references which mm-hmm. is perfect because this whole movie is of course about a relationship between a, a mother and a son and this really yeah. kind of fucked up dynamics there and the the first little reference comes just when john is talking to his friends and um i think charlie is his name mm-hmm. he's like you're becoming an oedipal enabler like 20 years from now <laughs> you're still gonna be living with her probably running some weird motel out in yeah. the middle of nowhere it's like <laughs> i love that and then of course later you see norma in like a very obvious reference um and a really yeah. nice moment there too right where because they're just she, talking to each other she walks to her car which is the same one that she drove in psycho mm-hmm. and then you in hear psycho, like this little bernard herman motif that little mm-hmm. da, 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 da. you hear that yeah. as she walks to her car it's just really cute it's really cute yeah. i really love it, it is it's a nice homage yeah i i really like it and a really nice kind of mother-daughter moment there too where she's oh, like beautiful. you know i know i'm not your mother but uh yeah if know, i could be have some maternal, maternal for <laughs> maternal just, for just a, moment. a moment i'm like oh Janet. yeah yes you can tell you me goof. i love yeah. it it's so sweet it's a really sweet little bit yeah yeah, so uh, all the teens are going to this trip to Yosemite, mm-hmm. and they're all excited about it, uh, but Lori won't let John go because, of course, it's Halloween, and bad things happen on Halloween, yeah. as her life has shown, and she doesn't want to let him go, and he wants a little bit of space, and he wants to be able to go out and do what he wants. But when she says no, then his friends, I guess in solidarity, decide that, okay, I guess we're not going to go either, so right. they decide they're going to stay behind, and of course his friends are let's see there's charlie like i said played by adam han Bryn bird from like jumanji and the ice and, storm uh, and little man tate yes yeah. yes and then sarah jody lynn key from she's all that she's really mm-hmm. a bitch bitchy character in that character yeah and um nash bridges the tv show and then of course his steady girlfriend molly from dawson's creek michelle williams mm-hmm. and like everything else everything lately, in the past her like career has years, just blown yeah. up yeah it's <laughs> insane yes yeah, she can't go because i guess she's on financial aid and that's right that's she doesn't right. have enough money to pay for the trip, so she's stuck there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so I guess they're, you know, these two, Charlie and Sis Sarah are pretty good friends because they're like, you know what? If you two can't go, we're not going to go either. We're we're gonna make our own party. It's going to be better than what they're doing, and they do. It's yeah. really sweet. You know, th- it these is. These are sweet. good folks. Good folks in this. Yeah, movie. they're a nice little group of outsiders, and it's nice to yeah. see them banding together like that. And, it's really nice. Uh, but in the meantime, Michael mm-hmm. is making his way around the country. He's a, going on a little tour. <laughs> so, Road trip. Yeah. And I guess his tires at some point, like, give out. And so he has to find another car. So he terrorizes a mom and her kid in a rest stop and steals their car. Uh, car is a strong word. It's like a little mini Jeepers <laughs> Creeper like, mobile. Why is she driving that? It's like. <laughs> little heap of shit it is the creepiest little car i've ever seen i'm like maybe she just kidnapped that kid and we just don't know it and so the The great thing about this scene is that of course he doesn't kill the mother or the child unlike halloween 2018 again which pretty much has this scene but they change it if i remember right it literally is the same scene michael is a determined guy you know he has a mission and He's not going to kill people that he doesn't really have to, you know? And these two are not threats to him at all. So he's like, you know, I'm just going to take the keys and leave. And I just appreciate that little character beat. He's not just some totally mindless killing machine. He's... He's still a psychopath, and yeah. he will kill people to get in his way, and maybe occasionally a couple others. But yeah. for the most part, he's determined to 
get to Laurie and finish the job he started 20 years ago. Yeah. And then Laurie makes a good point later on about how, you know, when she's revealing the whole backstory to her boyfriend, Will, Will's kind of like, you can't still be worried about this, right? You know, it's been 20 years. And she's like, you know, Michael waited 15 years the first time around uh, and then broke out of this asylum to come get her. And it's like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Exactly. Like, I would be scared for my life, too, if I knew that fact. You know, it, exactly. time is nothing to this guy. He mm-hmm. can sit sit around for 20 years like he just like he did. And we don't know what he's been doing, oh, but, you know, he finds some way to pass the time. <laughs> Has he been, like, cruising, like, rest stops and stuff? Is that, like, his thing yeah, now? Just Maybe he gets a gym mem- membership and, uh, yeah. I mean, cause he's, and... What if he had, like, an entire double life that we didn't know about during this 20-year <laughs> period? That's what I want to know. Give me a comic book or something that shows me what he's been doing. He becomes like a swim coach for the YMCA and <laughs> oh, man, this is what I want now. Because <laughs> that is the biggest sort of question with this whole movie. Like yeah. what have you been, and, oh, that would explain the title too, Halloween H2O, which of course oh! is water. So he's been, there we go. There we go. Perfect. Well, you know, in the original script that I read, the finale took took place in a gym in the school where there was like a pool and like the yeah. floor like opened up and then I think she tra- traps him in between the floor and then like cuts off his head or something. See, that would make sense because so as it stands, the title makes yeah. zero sense. It's just but, like, this you know. will be really cute because it's Halloween. That's what the H stands for. And then there could be a two, a 20 because it's 20 uh, yeah, years. Yeah. So it's yeah. Halloween H2O. Isn't that funny? It's like, it's actually just kind of stupid, but I don't. But, but, but H2O already means something. Yeah. <laughs> you know? At least it's, like... it's not like just Halloween. Or yes, scream, yes. like uh, right. I mean, you got to at least give it some kind of a subtitle to let us know it's a yeah, sequel of some sort, right? Something, yeah. Even uh, though the new craft has that little, you know, right? The craft legacy, legacy, like, okay, yeah, yeah. I get that. That's yeah, I've fun. seen people, people, people been making fun of that, and I'm like, would you rather just be called the craft? Because yeah. I wouldn't, you know. It's, that's just it's, confusing. It's so confusing. Yeah, it's just it's silly. I hate that trend. I know. I, hope I don't it get it. <laughs> I don't like it, and it's it's bugging me. This is this is a great little movie because then you you get that scene where Laurie decides to go to lunch and she, and she yeah. we can see that she is a bit of a day drinker <laughs> to say the mm-hmm, least. Mm-hmm. She o- orders another glass of Chardonnay when she still has one that's almost completely full, but she does this after her boyfriend goes to the bathroom, so he doesn't know. So she's kind of a closeted alcoholic, which is even <laughs> more interesting. And yeah. she chugs this entire glass before he gets he gets he gets back. We get yeah. like a few jump scares. Like this this movie's filled with jump scares. And to tell yeah. you the truth, I kind of enjoy them. <laughs> but, yeah, but like no, I like fun. them. I think they're silly. They're really fun. They're, they're, my favorite, oh, one of my favorites, is um, just with LL Cool J's character Ronnie. Well, oh, he's oh, just yeah. like doing something, and here pops up John, and she's like, "Ah!" And he just goes, "What the fuck? What's he fuck saying?" Me like, shit. "Fuck me, shit!" It's great. It's so good. <laughs> and you get that kind of scream uh, cue there too, and it's like, it's, but "It's great." Then again, if I was confronted with those bangs, I might scream too. I don't know. Oh yeah, who yeah, knows? Yeah. I, I need it, to put, was, put myself in his shoes and just admit I would probably piss myself a bit, too. Yeah, Bangs were like yeah. the Universal Monster movie. Yeah. Like, <laughs> they were the Universal Monsters of the 90s, basically. Yeah. You know, because you had Courtney Cox and Scream and then Josh Hartnett here. You know, it's fucking terrifying, folks. And yeah, so then while she's at, at lunch, she discovers that John has snuck out of the school for a little off-campus lunch. 
And that's when yeah. they have that great confrontation. Oh, it's so good. It's yeah. such a great scene. It's such a yeah. wonderful scene where he basically is just uh -huh. like, move on, mom. Like this, you told me he was basically dead. So just yeah. move on. He's not going to come, yeah. come back and you're suffocating me. And this right. actually does make her change her mind. And she gives him the permission slip to go on the trip. Yeah, in, in like that five minute sequence, you get so much backstory about yeah. this relationship. And it's just, it's so it's great. It's beautifully yeah. done. It's well it, I, written. It's really well acted. It's beautiful. Yeah, I like that line he has about like, if you want to stay handcuffed to your dead brother, you're not dragging me along with you. Oh, it's so and, good. and it's like, that's when she so finally good. realizes like, oh man, I have kind of crippled this kid for so many years now and by it's holding so, him so close and trying to protect him and it's it's great. really well constructed because the moment that she finally lets go in some small way and leaves him alone is the moment that michael actually does come back in into her life it's deliciously yes. ironic i love the yes. irony of that that mm -hmm. the moment she she's like you know what i have been a little over Detective, go have some fun and then, and then yeah. here comes michael and it's it's partly on him because if he had gone to yosemite like mm -hmm. he was supposed to yeah. like he would have been fine he but been fine yeah he, he had to stay on they decide they're gonna and... stay on camp for whatever reason like is yeah. there no other better place to hang out in town oh yeah I, I mean <laughs> the I, school i guess it's a small town i don't know i mean it's a... also question mm -hmm. the some of them live on campus Yes. But he lives with his mom, it seems like, still? I guess. Well, because her house seems to be on campus, too. So I guess they oh, just... Oh, that makes sense. I guess they yeah. just, like, live in the same house because it just, like, saves money or something. Yeah. And then, you know, back at school, Lori apparently teaches high school English as well. Mm -hmm. And you get this great moment that's very 90s teen movie thing where, like, what they're talking about in class directly relates to what's going on in real life, mm -hmm. right? You have to and face Molly has monster. That, yeah, Molly has that great line where she's like, well, I think Victor should have confronted the monster sooner. He was so paralyzed by fear that he never did anything. The monster killed off everybody he loved, and he finally had to face it. It was redemption. It was his fate. And Laurie just gives her this look like this bitch. <laughs> like, don't you tell me what to do, Molly. And she has that kind of realization maybe of like, oh, I picked Frankenstein because this is what's going on in my life. I didn't even think about that. Interesting, <laughs> like, Laurie. I, I've been there as a teacher sometimes where I'm like, oh, I'm talking about this because this is Only <laughs> directly like related to me. I didn't even think about it. You. Sub yeah. Subconscious. Yeah. It's interesting. And I believe yeah. this was the scene where originally the character of Sarah was supposed to give a book report on the Haddonfield murders where she was right. going to get up mm -hmm. and talk about everything that happened from Halloween's one through six. And, mm -hmm. uh, but you know, I'm kind of glad they took that out because then it does beg the question, like, wouldn't she have seen like a picture of Laurie Strode at some point and been like, Hey, Miss, Miss Tate, are you in fact related to Laurie Strode? Right. Like, it does seem like it would, I mean, I know it was 98 and the internet was still like kind of newish, you know, but I feel like someone would have put two and two together at some point. Like, yeah. So and Laurie's been through so up. much that I, I wouldn't want her to have to deal with a, de a dead daughter, you know, mm -hmm. Jamie on top of everything else. That would have been um, super dark. Yeah. Just the fact yeah. that she basically left her and then she was actually killed by Michael. Like that, that yeah. would have been really dark. I mean, I guess if you really wanted to, you could read four through six as still happening, but there's definitely think, some. Well, it, it, it would definitely. Things. 
explain where he's been the past yeah that's the big question again that's the nobody knows so in some ways i do pretend like they all still took place just because it it does sort of like fill in the gaps fill in the blanks because Mm -hmm. if you don't have those movies then it's like where where's he been (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) yeah resurrection kind of establishes that he's been living in his old house i guess for yeah a long time which i um, guess so maybe that's what he's been doing but again some that, that sense, seems really boring <laughs> at some point you would think someone would discover that too so i, I don't know yeah um so what else um well then so then later that they night all, right? they all leave to go on camp campus right and yeah that's great when shot, um, yeah. michael and his little jeepers creepers mobile gets into the school and then mm-hmm. the night is off to a great start, and you've got the scene where Laurie has to tell Will everything, and that's when she discovers that John is the same age as she was when she was uh, attacked, and <laughs> then discovers yeah, that he didn't thing, actually yeah, leave because he still has it, his sleeping bag, and so she gets her tiny little gun and goes off to try and search. And Yeah, they make this moment seem like it's a big like realization but like is it like because she's like oh john is 17 so i guess michael's gonna go after him now because he's 17 and i'm like is there a rule there i don't remember is that like Like, yeah the moment the child turns 17 michael myers (laughs) will come out of retirement is he like maleficent here and like yeah yeah we never saw that scene in how how one one or two so uh, yeah it does kind of seem like it's out of nowhere i guess she's just I don't know. Yeah, it's, she she doesn't really have a reason to suddenly think that he's going to be in danger. Yeah, I don't really, I don't get it. But it, I think they just needed something to establish yeah. why he might have waited until she had a 17-year-old kid, I guess, to come back. Yeah. I don't, or just, it, it's just a moment for her, I guess, to remember her Maybe. own being 17. And she's yeah. like, you know. This happened when I was 17, so, oh, my God, and I let my son go out, and he's 17, and uh, maybe it's just her, like, you know, uh, PTSD kicking in there. Who knows? And see, Um, Janice Ian thought her 17 was really bad. I mean, she's got nothing on Laurie Strode. My brother was a psychopath (laughs) who'll come back 20 years from now and stab my son in his face. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Great song. Great song. Beautiful, beautiful. I'll be playing at the coffee shop soon. You can come and see me. Tips. Because I got another Chardonnay. Ap- appreciate it. Today. I'll, I'll need a few Chardonnays before I do that. Today. <laughs> oh, that moment. It's. Look, it, every queer Lee, viewer just stood up and clapped. She yeah. deserved an Oscar nom just for that one scene. I'm just going to put it out scene, there. Man. I think she deserved an Oscar nom for this movie. I do. It's, it's it's not just one note like how no. 2018 is and that's that's not a dig on her performance no, like that's just absolutely what not. they wrote She's for her you know playing what she was given like she can't yeah help that i mean but no no it's just it's not as interesting as this person that she plays in this movie it's not before this when you had a final girl either you brought her back and she's killed off right away or she Mm -hmm. goes crazy resurrection does both but whatever um yeah Yeah, that one's a real double threat that's a real kicker there but yeah this this has just never really been done before to this degree where you see this woman having a life and it's so formative in that regard and i i i it's great because I just, it's frustrating to see sometimes where people still to this day think that the only thing you can do with a final girl is bring her back and have her die in some yeah. 
grandiose way to have mm-hmm. a good ending. But it's like, I would love to see them continue to play with this trope and find ways to not do that. Because I yeah. think there are ways of having a final girl continue to survive without uh, being killed off and mm-hmm. finding some way to have a, some semblance of a happy life. Yeah, do I feel bad that Nev Campbell is going to be put through more, you know, ghost space shit? You know, yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so it's, I don't know how they're going to handle that. But... I, I don't know. Like, it's it just weird to me that people think that the only way that a woman, you know, a final girl can find peace, quote unquote, is by being killed off or going crazy. Yeah, you know? I always find that really like I I think this movie is so empowering yeah. because it really is about confronting everything that you're afraid of and surviving and knowing that you're strong enough to make it through an, another day. And I think yeah. Michael... Myers, you know, that's the threat in the film, but I think you can substitute him in. You can substitute anything you're afraid of in in place of him. And that's what's so powerful about this movie is that it shows you that you can survive and that even if the worst thing happened to you as a kid, you can get better and your life isn't over. You just have to stop running from what scares you and i find that so moving michael myers in this movie is can be read as so many different things it yeah. could just be like her relapse mm-hmm. to a large yeah. degree you know she's exactly. had she's built herself up for 20 years now but then one small thing could set her off again and mm-hmm. we're seeing that happen on screen and uh it's affecting her it's affecting her son it's affecting you know everyone around her and it's really interesting and uh it hadn't really been done before like that so it's mm-hmm. great yeah it is not um, we also get that great, <laughs> again, this is how fucking meta this period was where Molly and Sarah are watching Scream 2 on TV, right? <laughs> Do you want to die tonight, wink, wink. Yeah. <laughs> the whole scene, they're like, see, we're really self-aware. There's your bit of self-aware. We're so self-aware. Oh, my God. Yeah. We exist in the same Did world Did you know that was also written by Kevin Williamson? Oh Isn't my that God. a real hoot? It's a real hoot and a half. It does sort of, like, that's just makes my head hurt though because it's like yeah it's like so they're talking about the movie halloween and scream and and so it exists as a movie and then it, it's existing as the, and it's like what the hell like I, it makes my it just makes my head hurt i don't it bugs me a little bit yeah it's it's the season of the witch michael <laughs> <Yeah>. myers <laughs> moment there yeah it's at how least, do you read it you know at least since that film was not connected with the original I'm, I'm like okay that kind of works but then true but true. this one seems connected you know so i'm like I, what this just oh the mental yeah. gymnastics yeah. of that alone i'm like yeah. what the hell yeah but okay so i mean i guess then you know uh, laurie starts getting a little concerned about john and starts mm-hmm. to just walk around the campus trying to find him and they're having their little party in the basement of the in school the basement for whatever yeah. reason, again, like under the kitchen, they have like a little like paper sign that just says happy Halloween, you know, and it's cute because John's like, I've never had a Halloween before. And they're like, well, we're yeah. going to make it the best Halloween you've ever had. Then these are good know? friends. Like I, I, good friends. I don't like when people uh, complain about the characters in this because they're pretty yeah. likable. Like, I mean, you, you don't really find out that much about them, but at right. least they're not annoying. And like they're they're not the main focus of the story, you know. And no, so we no. don't need to know a ton about them. They're yeah, I mean, the, I on think the peripherals, you know. But the problem with characters in horror films is that if you if you give them moments of a lot of character development, 
then the movie gets longer and then people complain yeah. like why is the halloween movie two hours long that's uncalled for it's like well you said there yeah. wasn't enough character development so we gave it and now you're complaining about it you know so yeah it's it's hard to find that happy medium so it is it's, and this it's movie is tough. very brisk yeah it's like six minutes long minutes, i think yeah it's, and that's with the credits so it's probably more like yeah. 80 minutes yeah that i i think the pacing's really solid overall I think so too, yeah. there, it's very clearly kind of split up into two halves too mm-hmm. where like it there's like everything before and then there's the um where all the buses leave and the halloween yeah. song plays that's like beginning the and next the night begins um, half. yeah, yeah. oh it's begins. really great yeah. it's ter- terrific it's and great. um mm-hmm. so while they're having their party charlie goes up to get a corkscrew and there's a great scene where he drops it in the sink and he goes in to reach for it and Michael shows up behind him and you're like oh my god he's going to turn on the garbage disposal and his hand's going to get like mm-hmm. mangled and then d- it doesn't happen and then he turns around and that's when he bumps into Michael and it's actually kind of scary uh, not because of the mask but it is <laughs> there's some general like I'm like actual tension in yeah. these um, kills especially these two the um, boyfriend and girlfriend here mm-hmm. yeah because uh, then Sarah kind of wanders in and she has some funny oh, lines like inconsiderate party one your yeah. table's ready <laughs> And uh, what's the one where she's like, uh, I always found obesity to be very sexy. And she's like, God, you are so renaissance. Yeah. And then she's it's like, so what? what's one like uh, no sex games till I've eaten? I'm like, I can relate that to that weird. so well. I relate to that line very much. Oh, man. I'm like, I agree. I like to be fed before I have sex. I, That's I, great. I, there I mean, you go. There you go. <laughs> and Gotta have the energy, you know? Yeah. She finds Charlie with like the corkscrew in his throat. And he's in like a mm-hmm. dumb waiter, which is really cool. And this dumb waiter is a big plot point. Like it, it's what I remembered most about the movie when I was it's younger. It's a yeah. pretty memorable scene because then she tries yeah. to escape in the dumb waiter, and Michael cuts cuts her leg. And then as she gets to the top floor, she tries to crawl out, but she's stuck on Charlie's leg. And Michael cuts the rope of the dumbwaiter and it falls on her leg and it turns into like this mushy looking janked up leg. It's so gross. Gnarly, gnarly, gnarly. It is so gross. And so she has to crawl like to safety. But then Michael comes up and gets her and stabs her. And we, we don't actually see like any gore we don't really know like where right. he stabbed her or what right. but it's really yeah it's nasty because she's likable and it's sad. yeah over and over and over again he stabs yeah. her yeah it's vicious but yeah that leg is pretty Ooh. gnarly and people complain about these movies a lot and they're like oh there's not enough gore but that like, leg pretty is pretty fucked up that's it's pretty, pretty gory up. i don't know like, why it's a little dark but you can still see it like, yeah yeah and yeah. uh and so then like molly and john hear the the noise so they go investigating and Michael's set up a little light show because they follow this trail of blood and they turn on a light. And I guess Sarah has been hung with the light fixture. But yeah. when I was a kid, it looked like it was like impaled in her chest for some reason. I don't know mm, if that mm-hmm. was the intention or what, but it looks yeah. like it's Im- impaled in her chest. But I'm, I'm, I'm not sure if that's actually what they were going for or if it's just because that's the way it was lit. I don't know. Well, but, this is just further proves that Michael is probably a homosexual because you know, he <laughs> has this great eye for fashion and uh, looks. And <laughs> he has a flair for deck decorating. <laughs> yes, he does. He loves Interior a good decorate. prank. He's he, he's kind of like Ellen DeGeneres a bit. You know, he loves to prank and scare people. <laughs> sure. <laughs> yes. Ellen DeGeneres is the person who's under the Michael Myers mask. That's what we're going to learn this year, I think. Ah, okay. I think okay. that's yes. our big October surprise is that all this time 
Michael Myers has been Ellen DeGeneres. That's her like Scooby Doo moment. Like I would have got away with it. <laughs> Liberals and conservatives, for if it wasn't for you. Years, <laughs> for forty years, I've been hanging out with with George W. Bush, but <laughs> I would have got away with it too. <laughs> and so this is when they finally see, oh my God, Michael Myers is here. This is crazy, and they mm-hmm. make a run for mm-hmm. it. And then John is stabbed in the leg, and Molly's very good at. Uh, hitting people with rocks and she finds one and knocks them out but it, it doesn't last <laughs> for, for long because they have nope. to they have to scramble to get back inside and they can't find the right key and then she drops the keys and then they lock the gate and then he comes at the gate and then they're trying to bang on the door so someone will hear them and he finds the keys and he's gonna get in the gate it's that 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 that's a great scene that's it's actually intense. suspenseful as fuck. And yeah, yeah. it's a lot like the scene um, in the first one where Laurie's like just banging on the door trying to get the kids to, you know, wake up. It's got that same kind of in- intensity. And the mu- the music's great because all of a sudden the orchestra yeah. comes in and it it's it's that, you know, that done done on, you know, thing. But it's this big yeah. orchestral version and it's loud and brash and intense. Oh, it's so great. And then finally someone hears them and it's Laurie and she comes yep. to their rescue and pu- pushes them in. And as she closes the door, there's that great scene where she sees him face to face in the glass, yeah. in the, in the door, that, that round window. Oh, there. it's yeah. so good. And then she knows it's on, it's on like Donkey yeah. Kong, you know? Yeah. And it kind of looks like a submarine window. So maybe that's where they get in the H2O maybe. thing. I don't know. <laughs> you know, I think that was the first still that they put out for this and i, I think did it was. actually yeah. think oh this is going to take place on like a cruise <laughs> yeah it looks like it, it looks it like that door does H2O. not look like something you would see at a school or something no. yeah whatever. i was like so this okay h h two o it's gonna be on a cruise on a cruise um uh, how fun how festive <laughs> yeah and, uh, disney great yeah. well i think the original title of this was like halloween the revenge of laurie strode of which laurie is strode. a much yeah. better title it's yeah a, it's it like is. that's a great name i don't know why they decided <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't, I don't get that. And that also does kind yeah. of like that would also fit in with the last ones, you know, the return mm-hmm. of Michael Myers, the revenge of Michael Myers, the curse of Michael Myers. You know, so that, that maybe they just didn't want to like again pull yeah. focus from Michael Myers. You I know, it's, so. it's it's yeah. stupid, but sexist bullshit. But you I know, know. but anyway, so they're back and yeah. and she hides them in like a closet, and she and Will just decide to go ex- exploring with her with her gun. And they shoot a person who shows up, but it's really dark, so they can't see who it is. And it turns out it's LL Cool J. They've shot him. And she's like, oh, no. And then that's when Michael comes in and kills Will, just like the nurse in Halloween 2. He stabs him and raises him up. Yeah. And, oh, it's so See, sad. that's where that upper body strength comes in. Yeah, it's like, he's how, been working out. That takes a lot of strength there. He's you been know? working he's, out. Uh, he's been oh doing God. something. And his... Yeah. Also, they have that great little bit of dialogue before Will dies where um, Will's like, what do we do? What do we do? And she's like, try, try to live. live. So it's very good. Terminator, Sarah Connor <laughs> Chronicle. Yeah, it's great. And so then she it's um, great. she's very smart because she 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 has her hands and they're and they're drenched in blood. And so mm-hmm. she she places her hands on a 
door so that Michael will think she's in there. So he breaks through the door, but she's been hiding with a fire extinguisher and she hits him on mm-hmm. the head and runs to the closet and gets out John and Molly and they and they run off and Michael chases after them and there's a really intense bit where they're where they're trying to start the car and of course it won't start because it's a horror film. Of course. It's and a that's, movie. that's yeah. actually one cliche I do like <laughs> because it's really intense. <laughs> it builds tension. Yeah, yeah you're like so, it's going to start it's going to start. <laughs> and I mean, I've had some cars where there 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 have been some questionable starters in my life so i'm like yeah, sure. it's not yeah, out sure. of the realm of possible possibility so no i mean yes. <laughs> most of the time when i'm being chased by a serial killer it starts but like every yeah. once in a while you never know i like, mean there have been a few times you know, you know but i'm there a yeah. little touch and go here but yeah. whatever yeah. <laughs> but of course it does start and they get to the gate and she's like okay why why don't why don't why don't you two just drive and yeah. um and sh- and she tells them to go down to the s- go down the street to the becker's which is a nod to um, Scream. Ah, the uh, Scream, yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so they leave, and she locks the gate and takes a rock and smashes the little sins or thing so that they're trapped in there. They're not going to mm-hmm. get out. And the music starts to build, and she gets this fire axe. And then there's yeah. that great shot, that, that high-angle shot, where she just takes the axe and just screams out, Michael! And then the music comes yeah. in. Yeah. My they pretty God. much just give her the axe for that for that one scene it's because she so drops it good. like two minutes later. But it is it's great. So yeah. good. And I can still hear yeah. everybody cheering in the theater. Like it was one of those yeah. moments you never forget. It was so great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you're right, about thirty seconds later, she doesn't have the axe anymore. <laughs> she drops it because he <laughs> sneaks up on her. Yeah, yeah he like swings but, down and she hits him and then yeah. he slices her again and so the axe is like stuck in him. And so she just yeah. runs away and goes she in runs to the as- assembly hall and hides under some uh-huh. tables. And there, and that's a great, yeah, great scene, that's too. That's great, yeah, where he's, like, walking over the tables. And, oh, and she's trying uh, she's to get out. Oh, it's so like, great. Um, and then she goes into the kitchen and starts to throw yeah. knives at him. Well, just... first first she gets that oh, flagpole, flagpole yeah. and rams him with the flagpole. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and then, then she gets the knives. And then yeah. she goes in and just starts to throw knives at him. And then eventually, yeah. like, she escapes and then hides behind a curtain and just pops out and starts stabbing him like a million times and he falls off the banister uh, the, the mm-hmm. uh, of the balcony and he hits a table and you're like okay good he's he's dead right so yeah. she walks downstairs and she's like I'm just gonna make sure he's dead you know because she's a smart gal and so yep. she she takes the knife out and she's about to plunge it into him again. And LL Cool J is apparently still alive and he pops out and says, "It's cool, it's yep. cool." And she's like, "No, like I really need to finish this. Like if you don't no, mind, I, I would like to stab him in the fucking face." But <laughs> this is kind of a big deal for me. Can you just like, like take a step back? This is my moment. Yeah, don't ruin my, moment. my Halloween night, please. And yeah, so yeah. somehow she's carted off, and the para paramedics come and the police come, and she's like, "You know what?" I'm just going to make sure again. So she she steals a gun from a cop and and is like it's cool, it's cool. I'm just going to take him for a for a ride. <laughs> yeah, this is great because uh this kind of becomes a thing with Kevin Williamson too where he's done this sort of surprise final act in a couple yeah. movies. He did it for Scream Scream 4 and Cursed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh but this was I think the first time where like you think the movie is pretty much over because yeah. she's pretty much one but then nope we got this great chase sequence well not chase sequence but drive sequence yeah yeah. she kidnaps the uh the um ambulance and yeah goes on a little windy 
detour with old Michael, and he's in his body, yeah. body bag, but he's not in there for long, and he no. just jumps on her while she's driving, and she slams on the brakes, he falls out the window, and then he mm-hmm. gets back up again, and she just rams into him, and then, then they fall off of a cliff, and the van, yeah. like, flies and does a bunch of turns. and Somehow she gets out at some point. She I, does, I, I, I yeah. tried to watch it, and I'm like, when does she get out of here? Because It, it yeah, seems it like she gets out before it actually crashes. Showed. But uh, Yeah, I, yeah, it never, yeah. I guess maybe she's thrown out during it, the Yeah, rolling. I guess that would make sense, yeah. And so yeah. She, and, but at, 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 at least they're smart enough to, to have her, like, drenched in blood, so it actually looks like she got some injuries you know? yeah she's she's doing pretty well all things considered yeah. but she still has some injuries yeah so she's kind of limp yeah. limp in a bit and so she yeah. she yeah she gets the axe and sees that michael's pinned between the ambulance and a tree and she's mm-hmm. like okay this is my moment and yeah. and he reaches out and you're like oh is he gonna speak this might be really poignant and meaningful right and then she kind of reaches out a bit, and and you're like, oh, this is really, really sweet. And yeah. then she, and then she just has this great expression of just like, oh fuck you, and just slices it's, off his head, oh slices it right the fuck off. It's so cathartic. It is and, the uh, most amazing ending in horror history. It's so good. It really yeah. is. It just it wraps yeah. everything up perfectly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And you leave the theater with a smile on your face. Yeah, this woman has confronted twenty years of uh, PTSD and uh, drama, and it's it's and great. She's it's fucking wonderful. Won. She's fucking yeah. won this. It's yeah. so invigorating. And then you you it's you have the original Halloween theme that just kicks in and in all of its synthy glory. Mm-hmm. And and well, and then you have a Creed song, but we'll forget about that. But <laughs> I read that they like the wine scenes were like, oh, we got to include this, and I'm like, <laughs> gotta have some Creed. Because it's 1998. Oh, what a journey this movie is. It is a journey. What an epic. Mm. You know, a, a feminist film. manifesto. It and is. It's, it's, yeah, I think when it first came out, a lot of people wrote it off as a, this kind of scream copycat that like, yeah. oh, what are they doing to the Halloween franchise? And now looking back, it's like, okay, yeah, it's very inspired by Scream, mm-hmm. but so is everything else from that period. Yeah. And it's it really definitely stands on its own with a lot of these final girl you know, PTSD moments and um, this woman kind of building herself back up after 20 years and mm-hmm. really facing her fears once yeah. and for all. Um, it's, it's, it's fantastic. It's really it. Shakespearean type shit here. You know, it is. I think it's, you know, I just think some people don't want deep character drama in their slasher movies. They don't. Maybe that's what it is. And I feel sorry yeah. for you. Um, and it was nice to go back to this era because it had been a while for us. I think the last time was the faculty, which was four months ago or something, which is crazy. Oh, We've been it? doing this almost six months now, folks. Good it's Lord. insane. Um, wow. It's crazy. Yeah. And I know these are always really popular and we always get people that are like, when are you going to cover like urban legend and urban legend final cut and everything? I'm like, you know, well, maybe we'll get to them. You know, we try to find an excuse to just sneak them in, you know? Yeah. We'll, we'll find a way. Yeah. We always yeah. do. Yeah, this was fun. This yeah. was such a good time. Uh, we got two more left. Uh, two more. You never know. We're gonna Halloween. pick Halloween. Halloween. <laughs> Halloween. Thank you. Halloween. Silver shimmer. <laughs> oh man! And there are some doozies we could pick. So who knows? Mm, who knows? Anything what that is up for grabs? Wheel of misfortune will land on. Who mm-hmm. knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, but, you know, we got a couple Overlook gems for today, as always. Mm-hmm. Probably, right? You got one? Yes, I do. Mine okay, is perfect, Alone perfect. In, in the Dark from 1982. Mm-hmm. It is a sort of slasher home invasion film about a blackout at a mental hospital that releases a bunch of patients into the wild. And these patients are played by Jack Palance and Martin Land- Landau, which is like, what the hell? Like these big name stars, especially for 82. And they break into the house of a psychiatrist that treats them and horror ensues, but it's also kind of like a little satirical at times too. It's directed by Jack Shoulder, who directed Freddy's Revenge. And uh, and there's a little twist that the movie Valentine actually copied later on. And uh, oh, that's right. I'm reading about this. it's yeah, a yeah, great yeah. little mm-hmm. movie. Very in, in, mm-hmm. intense at times. And um, I hope it hits Blu-ray at some point because I believe the DVD is now out of print, so it's hard to find. Yeah, it's got that great poster too. Mm-hmm. That's very distinctive with the oh, guy with great. the axe. And yeah, in, in like a yeah. in like a field or something. Yeah, it's great. Um, one that I got around to that had been on my list for a while was that Horror Express movie from 1972. Mm. I think we talked about it at one yeah. point. It's, it, it's really fun. It's um, So you got this mysterious um, and um, unearthly – what is the – I can't read this. A mysterious and unearthly deaths start to occur on a train while Professor Saxon is transporting the frozen remains of a primitive human, humanoid creature he found in Manchuria back to Europe. It's crazy. It starts out as this, this kind of murder on the Orient, Orient Express kind of um, – prestige period ensemble film and you're like where the fuck is this going and then bigfoot shows up and just starts fucking causing fucking chaos and then like they think they've killed this bigfoot and he turns into this like alien body snatchers thing and it's it's the whole movie is just fucking insane it's just one twist after another it's a really good kind of party movie it has christopher lee and peter cushing in it and they're trying to save this train from destruction um I definitely recommend it. This was a, a Stacy Ponder recommendation, and she's always knows her shit. She never she's lets us down. Cool. Well, that gives you some more picks, and uh, yeah. of course, we did a whole episode on Halloween season recommendations. So there's plenty of those as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I went and I watched and, uh, a couple of the ones that yeah, I hadn't seen that you recommended. So that... oh, good. Yay. Yes. Yes. Um, I loved Terror Tract. Yay. Great. Oh, I'm so, so, so happy. Because no one's ever yeah, seen this yeah, yeah. movie. I'm like, what is wrong with that, everybody? I hadn't even heard of it until you brought it up. And it when I watched just, it, I was just like, I don't know so why good. they just yeah. dumped it out there completely. And no one's ever seen yeah. it. It's ridiculous. Because John Ritter's so fucking charming. Oh, he's great in and, that. Uh, who else? Brian Cranston in that yeah. second um, segment. So oh, good. Great. And uh, <laughs> Brenda Strong as like oh, a therapist in the Come to Granny so one. Great. And the third one. It's, That's it's so the good. scariest one. That that one is like legitimately like, creepy. creepy as fuck. It's creepy. It's um, really great. What were the other ones? Um, 976 Evil, I really like that because we oh, were talking good. about Fright Night. Yay. Which, by the way, we should probably bring this up. Um, oh, yes. We did a bonus, uh, well, not bonus, but we were mm-hmm. guests on the Movies That Made Us Gay podcast. We and were. we talked about Fright Night. So it was a if you want to go listen to that episode now, it's streaming now. It's so fun. Do. It's uh, really great. Scott and Pete are so great, and Fabulous. we had a blast doing it. It was so fun. We sure did. Um, but yeah, we gave you guys plenty to watch this month. So I hope you're digging into some of those. And uh, you can follow us on um, social media. We're on Instagram at Homos on Haunted Hill and on Facebook and Twitter at H-O-H-H Podcast. Uh, you can leave us a review on iTunes. That would be great. Please be nice, though. And uh, if you want to contact us, you can email us at homosunhauntedhill at gmail.com or just message us on social media. We always respond pretty quickly. Hope you're having a great Halloween season. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been really fun. A nice distraction from the world. And um, 
Well, we'll see you next week, folks. Goodbye, everybody. Have have fun. Bye.